the Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Welcome to to this service of ordered worship. The liturgy, music, and homily are offered in the praise of God for our gathered congregation here at Marsh Chapel, for our radio congregation across New England at WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our internet listenership now and later around the globe at WBUR.org. On this first Sunday of the month, as is our custom, we welcome all of whatever age, station, or background to participate in the Sacrament of Holy Communion. Those listening on the radio may request communion in the home by calling the chapel office. On this Sunday, we commend to you the ministry of the chapel and its programmatic offerings and its sermon offerings found on our website. On this Sunday, we invite those so moved to identify as members of the chapel chapter to speak with our director of hospitality or one of the clergy or leave a note in the collection plate. On this Sunday, we encourage all to continue or commence the practice of tithing, of disciplined generosity, and to indicate interest in giving to our chapel director, Ray Bouchard, by email, phone, or voice. On this first Sunday, we ask you to ask yourself what form your ministry and leadership here will take in the coming weeks and months. A barbecue upon the lawn follows worship and we all are warmly invited to attend. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God.
may we pray together. Grant us, O Lord, to trust in you with all our hearts, for as you always resist the proud who confide in their own strength, so you never forsake those who make their boast of your mercy. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. A lesson from the book of Proverbs, chapter 22. A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, and favor is better than silver or gold. The rich and the poor have this in common. The Lord is the maker of them all. Whoever sows injustice will reap calamity, and the rod of anger will fail. Those who are generous are blessed, for they share their bread with the poor. Do not rob the poor because they are poor, or crush the afflicted at the gate. For the Lord pleads their cause and despoils of life those who despoil them. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
A lesson from the Epistle of James, chapter 2, verses 1 through 10 and 14 through 17. My brothers and sisters, do you, with your acts of favoritism, really believe in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ? For if a person with gold rings and in fine clothes comes into your assembly, and if a poor person in dirty clothes also comes in, and if you take notice of the one wearing the fine clothes and say, have a seat here, please, while to the one who is poor you say, stand there or sit at my feet. Have you not made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brothers and sisters, has not God chosen the poor in the world to be rich in faith and to be heirs of the kingdom that he has promised to those who love him. But you have dishonored the poor. It is not the rich who oppress you. It is not they who drag you into court. It is not they who blaspheme the excellent name that was invoked over you. You do well if you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law, but fails in one point, has become accountable for all of it. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but do not have works? Can faith save you if a brother or sister is naked and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm, and eat your fill. And yet, you do not supply their bodily needs. What is the good of that? So faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please join me in reading Psalm 125 responsively with the antiphon. who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but abides forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people, from this time on and forevermore. For the scepter of wickedness shall not rest on the land allotted to the righteous, so that the righteous might not stretch out their hands to do wrong. Do good, O Lord, to those who are good, and to those who are upright in their hearts. But those who turn aside to their own crooked ways, the Lord will lead away with evildoers. Peace be upon Israel.
stand for the Gloria Patri. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Mark, chapter 7, verses 24 through 37. Glory to you, O Lord. From there he set out and went away to the region of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know he was there. Yet he could not escape notice. But a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit immediately heard about him. And she came and bowed down at his feet. Now the woman was a Gentile of Syrophoenician origin. She begged him to cast the demon out of her daughter. He said to her, Let the children be fed first, for it is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. But she answered him, Sir, even the dogs under the table eat the food, eat the, children, eat the children's crumbs. Then he said to her, For saying that, you may go. The demon has left your daughter. So she went home, found the child lying on the bed, and the demon gone. Then he returned from the region of Tyre and went by the way of Sidon towards the Sea of Galilee in the region of the Decapolis. They brought to him a deaf man who had an impediment in his speech, and they begged him to lay his hand on him. He took him aside in private, away from the crowd, and put his fingers into his ears, and he spat and touched his tongue. Then, looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Ephatha, that is, be opened. And immediately his ears were opened, his tongue was released, and he spoke plainly. Then Jesus ordered them to tell no one, but the more he ordered them, the more zealously they proclaimed it. They were astounded beyond measure, saying, He has done everything well. He even makes the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please be seated. Be opened. Be opened. Jesus' utterance today in the swirl of two strange stories commands an opening of the senses, a new opening of the senses in prayer. Today the gospel asks you about your soul, your inner life, 
and about prayer. Our theme at Marsh Chapel for this school year is prayer. Prayer is a kind of shadow boxing, the struggle of the soul for one's own life, over against all the forces arrayed against us. As Anne Murrow Lindbergh wrote in Gift from the Sea, every person, especially every woman, should be alone sometime during the year, some part of each week and of each day. Prayer is the possibility of an inner life of communion with the genuine, whether in the graveyard or the library or the symphony hall or the art gallery or the study or the beach or in church. The sanctuary is a place of quiet set in order to reconstitute our real life. As John Wesley said, the very best prayers are but vain repetitions if they are not the language of the heart. The soul, personal or collective, is boxing with its shadow in prayer. Before the firelight of a hard decision, as your soul sees its shadow lengthen into something like fear, before the blue haze of the computer glass, as your soul sees its shadow lengthen into something like listlessness, asadia, before the searching, searing floodlight of clear and painful memory, as your soul sees its shadow lengthen into something like hatred. Prayer is one great battle. It is resistance. Prayer is resistance. Your soul locked in shadow boxing, in combat with what maims and harms real life. What are the senses of prayer? Prayer has its own sense of hearing. Prayer tunes out many of the frequencies of this world. Prayer can be as deaf as a post, stone deaf to the text beep, to the telephone or the radio, to the world around. One older beloved hospital patient who had only one working ear found peace and healing at a fine medical facility by lying with his good ear straight down, planted firmly in bedding, muffled in the starchy pillows. He turned a deaf ear to the orderlies, nurses, and heavy, constant, dehumanizing noise. Prayer is like Beethoven at the end. And so in prayer, if you will steal away, you will hear another music. The song of the soul, the chance for an inner life, the language of the heart, the real you, your own most self. Listen, breathe, listen, breathe, listen, breathe, be opened. And remember, Job, be not rash with your mouth, nor let your heart be hasty to utter a word before God. For God is in heaven and you are on earth, therefore let your words be few. Prayer has its own sense of taste. Prayer has different taste buds. An inner life makes room and has a taste for even what is sour and what is bitter. No sweet tooth for prayer, but an openness, ephatha, to hurt, to empathy. Such an unlikely taste in taste. In prayer, we can taste the need of others. In prayer, we taste the grief of another's husband's death. In prayer, we can taste the anger 
over a co-worker's cancer. In prayer, we can taste the emptiness at another's mother's passing. In prayer, we can taste the fury in conflicts of vision. In prayer, we can taste the ashes of defeat which salt us all. In prayer, we can taste the sting of adolescent and adult mistakes. We all make mistakes. No one is good at everything. In prayer, we can approach the sense of violation another carries after vandalism, literal or spiritual. In prayer, we can taste the awful bitterness of lament. So central, then, in worship are the Psalms, for they are, simply said, of two types, thanksgiving or lament, thanksgiving or lament. To them we return in prayer every Lord's day. Prayer has its own sense of scent. There is the smell of the desert in prayer, the arid and heated dryness of the desert. Some of you have traveled to Israel. Do you remember going to Qumran at the Dead Sea, down in the Dead Sea Valley, a thousand feet below sea level? Did you see the remains of that ancient Essene community, 100 degrees Fahrenheit in the winter? Do you recall the scent of the desert? A land stark, lonely, without any potable water, without any green, not a sign of life. Wind, sand, stars, heat. Why in the decades before Jesus lived would a hundred men come to the desert? Why? They had a scent, a scent of prayer. They smelled the difference. They came to prayer in secret to the Almighty God who sees in secret. They came to enter the closet of Palestine and to shut the door. They knew about boxing with the soul's shadow. They knew and remembered just how short life is. They came to struggle in mortal combat for the possibility of an inner life. They craved that, what John Wesley called, purity of intention without which none of our outer actions are holy. There is such a thing as inward holiness. There is such a thing as inner holiness. Prayer is its womb. Inward holiness prompts you right now to find and hold a particular moment in worship as God's approach to you and as your response. One moment that is yours, all yours. Mine is the hymn, hers is the prayer, his is the sermon, theirs is the offering. We share together Eucharist. In coming to worship, we pray for, we anticipate the magnitude, the apprehension of the genuine, of beauty, truth, and goodness in music, word, and prayer. Prayer has its own sense of touch. To be touched at the heart is to be forgiven. The heart of prayer is forgiveness. The point of prayer is forgiveness. The goal of prayer is forgiveness. 
Yes, there is much else. Entreaty, expostulation, confession, thanksgiving, recollection, praise, adoration, meditation, intercession. Still, the heart of prayer for the followers of Jesus, for you and for me, is forgiveness. Jesus prayed according to the gospel writers at the very critical moments in the wilderness, in teaching, in the Garden of Gethsemane, on the cross. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Do we seek forgiveness? Do you seek forgiveness? Are you earnestly awaiting its touch? Are you adept at its arts and ways? Do you pray for it? In specific cases? Among nations and groups as well as persons? In rumination this summer, I wondered about those two phrases eternally conjoined. Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. It had never fully occurred to me before that they might, perhaps should, be read in apposition, the one defining the other. That is, here is how you love your enemies, perhaps in depth the only way. You pray for them. Love your enemies, that is, pray for those who persecute you. Prayer has its own sense of sight. Did you ever wonder why, now and then, in the prophet Isaiah, there is the comment about seeing and not yet not seeing? There is a kind of blind sight that is all too common to us. Some years ago, we buried a very dear friend, a man of faith and of sight. He was a photographer. In his last year, he wrote out what the sight sense of prayer can be. I thought of him this week, seeing the photos, gripping photographs from the Middle East. For those of us who see and see and yet do not perceive, his voice is a gift, he said. A photographer's function is to see so clearly that others will see the work that they have not noticed previously. We are helping people that don't see much, and unfortunately that's most of us most of the time because we don't pay attention and see clearly. We can get a lot of help from photography, which doesn't censor reality as much as our unaided minds do. It forces us to focus. Practicing the art of seeing should become a habit in all of us. In that practice, he said, I soon learned that there is beauty in almost everything if only we will look in order to see God's work. In order to see God's work, humans have to make themselves see the detail in creation, to become aware of the fact that God is truly around us all the time. It takes a practiced blindness to the rush and blur of the way we live, to sense the sight of prayer. Perhaps this is why at the end of his faithful shared life, 
Oliver Sacks wrote about Sabbath and his memories of Sabbath and his memories dear holding him, his mother exchanging her surgeon's attire to make gefilte fish, the ritual candles lit and honored, the fresh clothes, the silver wine cup, his father's voice in chants and blessings. He said, the observance of the Sabbath is extremely beautiful. It's not a question of improving society. It's about improving one's own quality of life. Beloved, there are senses of prayer, a deaf ear to dehumanizing noise, the arid scent of inner holiness, a taste for empathy and lament, a touch of the heart and forgiveness, a sight that sees the details. Be opened, Ephatha, be opened. May our lives be opened to the senses of prayer.
seated. We welcome you again to Marsh Chapel and thank you for joining our beloved community, whether you're here in person, uh, listening via the radio or other digital formats. We're so glad that you're with us. My name is Chaplain Jessica Chica. I am the University Chaplain for International Students and Chapel Associate for Lutheran Ministry here at Marsh Chapel. Um, we are so glad that you're with us, and in a spirit of community, we invite you to share your contact information with us in the red pads found along the center aisle of each pew, if you could do that. Today is a communion Sunday. Uh, wine will be served on the pulpit side. Grape juice will be served on the lectern side. There will also be a healing station in the far corner of the pulpit side if you are interested in partaking in that. Directing your attention to this week's events, immediately following this service will be our annual cookout on the BU Beach right behind the chapel. We invite all of you to come with us and, and have some wonderful food. There will also be a short service of the blessing of books, bags, and bikes for those of you who are interested. Um, if you want to run back to your dorm and grab your book bag and your books or your bicycle, bring it and we'll bless it for you. This Tuesday begins our regular schedule of programming for the chapel, including our International Student Fellowship, which will be at 6 p.m. in the Thurman Room. Uh, we'll, we're having a pizza night. If you have any questions about that, you can see me after the service. And it will be immediately followed by our student Bible study at 8 p.m. Uh, with Marsh Associate Courtney Jones. You can see her after the service if you have questions about that. For more information about things that are happening at the chapel during this semester, we encourage you to grab a term book on your way out the door if you don't already have one. And now with a word about our Thurman Choir, Dr. Scott Allen Jarrett. Good morning, everyone. It's my pleasure to greet you and to welcome you to this new year. If you are interested in singing at Marsh Chapel, we can help you. There are any number of opportunities for singing. The Marsh Chapel Choir is off to a good start for our second Sunday and is still holding auditions. If you're interested in the Chapel Choir, you can come Thursday night at 6 o'clock. We'll be happy to greet you, meet you, do a little audition, and get going with some singing. In your bulletin this morning, in the insert, you find information about the Thurman Choir, which is our non-auditioned uh, ensemble that meets every other Sunday afternoon, their first Sunday rehearsal will be next week, Sunday, uh, September 13th, immediately following the worship service. We'll have a little coffee and then sing a little bit. The Thurman Choir is open to anyone in the community, non-auditioned, and sings with the Chapel Choir several times within the semester. The details are on the insert in your bulletin. We welcome you to come. I also call your attention to the Inner Strength Gospel Choir, which I think should begin rehearsals tonight. If you have any questions about any of these ensembles or wish to participate or to join, I encourage you to email us at the address listed here, musicmar at bu.edu. We'd love to see you. Thanks very much. Thank you, Scott. For all other events and information, please check out the Marsh Chapel website, bu.edu slash chapel, where there is also the opportunity for online giving. Now, as the ushers wait upon us for our offering, let us remember that it is God's gift to be a giver, so please give as generously as you are able.
We give you thanks, O God, this day for life and work and peace. Now bless these gifts and those who have given them to the work of ministry in this place and throughout the world. Amen. Jesus said, before you offer your gift, go and be reconciled. As brothers and sisters in God's family, we come together to ask for forgiveness. Father, you are always present. Forgive us for not reflecting your faithfulness. Jesus, you are always self-giving. Forgive us for living for ourselves. Holy Spirit, you always lead us forward. Forgive us for holding back. May God Almighty forgive all your sins and keep you walking in love through the Spirit, for Christ's sake. Amen. Where two or three are gathered together in my name, says Jesus, there am I in the midst of them. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Let us share with one another a sign of peace. Wise and gracious God, you spread a table before us. Nourish your people with the word of life and the bread of heaven. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give God thanks and praise. Blessed are you, O God, our light and our salvation, to be glory and praise forever. From the beginning you have created all things, and all your works echo the silent music of your praise. In the fullness of time you made us in your image the crown of all creation. You give us breath and speech that with angels and archangels and all the powers of heaven we may find a voice to sing your praise. How wonderful the work of your hands, O Lord! As a mother tenderly gathers her children, you embraced a people as your own. When they turned away and rebelled, your love remained steadfast. From them you raised up Jesus, our Savior, born of Mary, to be the living bread in whom all our hungers are satisfied. Jesus offered his life for sinners, and with a love stronger than death, he opened wide his arms on the cross. On the night before he died, Jesus came to supper with his friends, and taking bread, he gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to them, saying, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me.
At the end of supper, taking the cup of wine, he gave you thanks and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Great is the mystery of faith. Pour out your Holy Spirit as we bring before you these gifts of your creation. May they be for us the body and blood of your dear Son. As we eat and drink these holy things in your presence, form us in the likeness of Christ and build us into a living temple to your glory. We plead with confidence Christ's sacrifice made once for all upon the cross. We remember Jesus dying and rising in glory, and we rejoice that he intercedes for us at your right hand. Today we invoke a particular blessing on the new academic year, on new and returning students, on faculty, staff, and administrators, for the health and safety of the Boston University community, and for the grace of wisdom, insight, and knowledge to contribute to the flourishing of all creation. Bring us at the last with all the saints to the vision of that eternal splendor for which you have created us. We pray all these things through Jesus Christ our Lord, by whom, with whom, and in whom, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Almighty God, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honor and glory and might be yours forever and ever. Amen. And now, with the confidence of children of God, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, as we forgive trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread.
Let us pray. Lord of the harvest, you have fed your people in this sacrament with the fruits of creation made holy by your Spirit. Strengthen us who have received this holy food to be good stewards of your manifold grace. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who came not to be served, but to serve. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you peace now and forever. <laughs>